Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for taking charge of your health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. In recent years, Lyme disease has become another one of those fad medical conditions that tends to catch headlines and audiences, similar to vitamin D deficiency, supplemental testosterone, and gluten sensitivity. Now, I'm not saying that these things are not real because they are very real for some, but they are overly used and abused in order to gain medical attention. Sorry again, Dr. Oz. With Lyme disease being so overhyped in the media and with it being such a mysterious illness with very common symptoms, it's really challenging to decipher fact from fiction. And that's my goal for today's episode, to explain what we do know about Lyme disease and what may be over-sensationalization. But before we get started, summer may be already over, but you can still enjoy it thanks to our podcast, QDT Block Party. Tips for your best summer ever. Listen at itunes.com slash QDT. That's itunes.com slash QDT. So back to our podcast. So what is Lyme disease anyway? Well, Lyme disease stems from the bite of a tick of all things. And in the United States, it actually is associated with one blood-sucking species called Borrelia burgdorferi. After that nasty and sometimes not noticeable tick bite carrying the illness, there are three phases of the condition in adults. Number one early localized phase. In about 80% of patients with Lyme disease, a particular skin lesion typically develops at the site of the tick bite, referred to as erythema migrans, within a month after the bite. This one skin lesion itself often expands over the next few days or weeks and appears as a bullseye. Think target, no pun intended. This stage may also include very nonspecific viral symptoms, but without the upper respiratory or stomach symptoms, such as fevers, body aches, fatigue, headaches, lymph node enlargements, neck stiffness, etc. Not very unique or distinguishable without that rash, huh? And then there's phase two, which is called early disseminated. That means within days or weeks after the infection, the rash tends to spread. And within weeks to months after, Lyme disease can actually spread to the nervous system, heart, or eyes and produce more specific Lyme symptoms. First of all, there's the nervous system. There can be numbness or tingling in the hands or feet, symptoms of meningitis, or abnormalities of the nerves on the face. And in regards to the heart, There can be inflammation or weakness of the heart muscles and palpitations caused by heart block on an EKG that resolves typically in days to weeks. And in regards to the eyes, there's usually inflammation of the eyes or acute vision changes. And moving on to phase three, which is called late. This later stage, typically months to years after the initial stages, often includes joint pain or arthritis in one or more multiple larger joints, most commonly the knee. Also, if it attacks the nervous system, further neurologic symptoms can also develop, including subtle difficulty in concentrating. That one is kind of hard to pinpoint. 
and attributable to numerous other conditions as well. So it can be challenging to actually pinpoint. Some patients may miss or skip the early stages altogether and instead initially present in the late stages. That's what makes this rare disease so tricky to diagnose. So how do you actually diagnose Lyme disease? Well, testing for the antibodies for Lyme disease is recommended when suspecting the disease. This means testing for those proteins that the immune system produces in order to fight off the bug. These include IgGs, which are the antibodies that remain positive for prior infections, often termed memory antibodies, since the body remembers it long-term via these proteins. And then there's also IgMs, which are only produced in an acute and current infection. Unfortunately, false positive testing has been reported for Lyme disease, and therefore the blood test alone is not enough to diagnose the disease. That's actually a very important point. According to the Infectious Disease Society of America, the guidelines also require the following three points. Number one, recent travel to an endemic area. Number two, risk factors for exposure to ticks specifically. And number three, very specific symptoms of Lyme disease to include symptoms due to meningitis, nerve pain, cranial nerve palsy, unusual swelling of the joints or arthritis, or symptoms due to inflammation of the heart. So here's a key take-home point. Nonspecific symptoms such as fatigue, body aches, headaches, etc., plus a Lyme disease positive antibody testing is not sufficient to fulfill a true diagnosis of Lyme disease. Lyme disease is not a diagnosis of exclusion, which means that it must be Lyme since all other testing is normal. No, that's actually the opposite. It's very specific. So how do you treat it? Well, Lyme disease is treated with the following three first-line antibiotics for anywhere between 10 to 21 days doxycycline, amoxicillin, cefiroxime. Another controversial phase after treatment is termed post-Lyme disease syndrome and is reported to linger for up to six months to one year after treatment with continued symptoms of fatigue, headaches, and joint pain. The tricky part about this phase is that these nonspecific symptoms can be attributable to numerous other medical conditions. It's a very small percentage of patients thought to experience Lyme disease chronically after treatment, and it's not due to active infection by no means. So to give you an example, the more common stress, depression, anxiety, fibromyalgia, autoimmune disorders, and illicit drug use or alcohol abuse can also cause fatigue, body aches, and or headaches. Sometimes it can be quite a challenge to actually tease it all out and blame Lyme disease for every little symptom. My advice is to find a well-respected physician in your community that has an extra knowledge and expertise in Lyme disease and your symptoms in order to find an accurate diagnosis. 
So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook and Twitter pages. And you can even find me on Pinterest. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. So we've all been there. Because you're listening to a podcast on the go when you hear a super interesting ad for a product or service, but you simply don't have the time to check it out. Well, now you're in luck. See the full list of offers, discounts, and more from Quick and Dirty Tips advertisers over at quickanddirtytips.com slash offers. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash offers. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. If you have any future topic suggestions, you can email them to me at housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. Have a super healthy week.